Hey, fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy at Floors to Your Home. Right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot, that's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations. Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who. Joining us now, he's got the TNT broadcast. You know what? He just can't escape us, whether it's CBS doing the Colts or TNT during the Pacers and the Celtics tonight in the quarterfinals of the first in-season NBA tournament. Spiro Ditas joins us. Hello, Spiro. How are you? Hello, John. When I, when I got this assignment, my first call was to your producer saying that he's got to get me on the show because it, it wouldn't be an official trip to Indianapolis if I didn't come on with you. I gotta have you. I, I think you you're at a point now where you gotta buy some property here, don't you? Right? Yeah. You're here so much. I, I am scouring real estate trends in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? Um, and I know you're you're preparing for the quarterfinal round matchup with the Celtics and the Pacers tonight. What's been your impression on the enthusiasm around the league with this first in season tournament? I love it. I really do. I I just think that the league had to do something, John, because. You know, look, we're not into the dog days of the regular season, but clearly this is a time of year where the NFL is still king and will be, obviously, until the Super Bowl. Uh, but the league, you've got your TV rights deal coming up. They, they've got to do something to drum up interest. So what do we do? We create this in-season tournament, uh, a format that has been highly successful in international soccer overseas for, for years and years. And, and look, I, I don't think it's a perfect system. I think there's a little bit of a schedule imbalance that the league is going to have to address after this year but just in terms of tv ratings in terms of the eye test i mean these guys are competing like these are these are playoff games we we did boston orlando in a uh, in a group stage game a couple of weeks ago for for nba tv and i couldn't believe it i mean orlando the place was jumping it was sold out uh guys were you know if a guy could play he played you know there weren't guys just sitting out there was no load management so i think it's it's solved or at least alleviated a lot of the issues that the league has so far. So I think they're off to a really good start. There's uh, Spiro Ditas who joins us. He's got the call. He, Greg Anthony, later on tonight on TNT of this quarterfinal round matchup with the Celtics and the Pacers. Uh, obviously, the Pacers have to forget the first meeting of the season, which did not go well whatsoever. And this Pacer team, Spiro, <laughs> is, is guarded on the reg. Absolutely nobody but can outscore a lot of these teams. Is that going to be the fashion in which you think you and Greg are going to call game-wise tonight? Probably. <laughs> Probably. I think, you know, knowing Rick Carlisle the way I do a little bit, I'm sure this has been difficult, you know, to watch this team struggle to defend to, to this level. But this is kind of the NBA, John. I mean, you know, granted, they're, they're not defending at, at, a, at a pretty eye-opening clip. But this is the way that the league is played now, this wide-open, three-point happy style, and they just have kind of perfected it. And they've built this team uh, in this manner. Now, 
will this be the final product of what this team looks like in the next couple of years? Probably not. I think they're going to make some changes. Maybe even they make some changes at the trade deadline. But for for what they are now, this is a team that they're trying to rebuild. You know, in a lot of ways, it's kind of similar to the Colts. You know, they're coming off a couple of bad years. You know, with the Colts last year, uh, kind of a debacle. Now, I think Rick, in the last couple of years, has tried to to fix the culture, kind of rebuild the culture around this franchise here in this you know great basketball state. And and I think he's accomplished that. I think Halliburton is just a guy that you automatically root for the way he plays, the the manner with which he plays, his style. And it's just a really good, solid core that I think Kevin Pritchard and, and his staff have put together. Now, again, I don't think it's a it's a finished product by any stretch, but I think compared to where they've been over the previous however many years, I think this is a team that clearly is on the rise. He is Spiroditas of TNT. They got you in the quarterfinal round with the Celtics and the Pacers tonight at Cambridge Fieldhouse. No Christoph Porzingis, the effect that that could ultimately have on the Celtics on the road here in Indy tonight. Well, you know, clearly it's not the same team. You know, Porzingis is, is an elite player. I think he's he's on the way to rehabilitating his reputation around the league. Um, you know, he's a guy that obviously started incredibly well. You know, they were calling him a unicorn his first year plus in New York. Then he you know, suffers the ACL, and he's struggled to get back to that elite level. But I think last year he started to rehabilitate himself in Washington, and this year – uh, at least the first couple of months of the year, John, he looks really good and he looks to be a really good fit. I, I have to admit, I didn't know how he would fit. You know, it's a, it's a blue collar town in Boston. They, they love defense, but he, he just has fit. And I think the reason he has is the drew holiday edition holiday to me is the key because he's a rare superstar that can defend you know, maybe the best defender in the league inch for inch. And he doesn't need the ball. He doesn't need a shot to keep him happy. And so I think he just, he's a perfect fit for this team. He's, he's kind of a defensive unicorn um, with, with the, the, the versatility that he brings. And I just think when you get to the end of the season and you've got Jalen Brown on one side, you've got Jason Tatum on the other, Porzingis in the middle, and now Holiday running the point, that's going to be a tough team to contend with. The only question for the Celtics is the end of their bench. Will they be deep enough if, if this team gets hit with injuries uh, over the course of a season? But one through six – this is probably the best team in the NBA. Spiro Ditas has the call tonight. I know you're going to get out of here in just a second. I did want to ask you about the Colts. Now, do you know your assignments this weekend for CBS? Yes, we are headed to Atlanta for the Falcons wow. and the Buccaneers. I thought, sure, you just stay here out. for the week. How do you not just yeah. stay here for the week? I, I, I requested, but I think I think there's something with taxes. If you spend more t- too much time in a certain <laughs> city, you have to pay taxes in Indiana. Yeah. So. You can just I'm drive down 74 and go to Cincinnati, <laughs> man, and uh, call the game right there. Hey, what do you make, before I let you go here, what do you make of the 7-5 and five Colts just kind of doing with their schedule uh, what they had hoped to do, just, just hanging around, winning some games, nothing spectacular, but you know, doing just that like they did yesterday in Nashville. What do you make of this team right now entrenched in the AFC playoff picture? I think, John, we, we touched on this last time we talked. I, I think whatever happens the rest of the season, this, this has been an unbridled success for, for year one under Shane Steichen. You know, I, I just think we, we have to – you always have to keep in mind what, what last year was like and what a debacle that was. And to rebuild the team the way they have, you know, to, to now know that you, you likely have your franchise quarterback. I mean, that's the biggest box that they needed to check. 
that appears to be the case. Hopefully they can get him healthy and he comes back strong uh, and ready to go next year. Um, the culture, the way that he's changed overnight, I, I just think this year was all about let, let's just fix the culture. Let's fix the vibe around this team. Let's make Indianapolis be a destination where potential free agents and other guys around the league want to come to the way it was here for so long uh, with Peyton Manning and that whole crew. So I think they've taken a big, big step in that direction. And, and if this team can somehow sneak into the playoffs, uh, holy cow. I mean, it's just a, it's a smashing success. Whether they get in, whether they don't, I just think it's for to be a Colts fan. I think is is uh, you're in, you're in a really good spot right now. Just enjoy the season. They're playing with house house money, and and All we'll right. see what they can yes. do. No doubt, and uh, I'm assuming we'll see you back here relatively soon tonight. TNT. It's uh, with Greg Anthony Spiroditas has the call of the Celtics and the Pacers and the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament in the NBA at Cambridge Fieldhouse. Yeah, I appreciate it. I know you got a lot of work to do, man. Thanks for jumping on here. Enjoy that game later on tonight, and I'm sure we'll catch up here as we get uh, closer and closer to the end of the regular season. Thanks, Spiro. Thanks, John. Always a pleasure. I'll talk to you soon. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Joining us from ESPN, ESPN.com, it is Stephen Holder. Stephen, I kind of mentioned this at the outset. I do a little bit of a monologue every day, and uh, this is an amusement park roller coaster ride <laughs> for a team that is, is good. Really no more, and they can be less, but really no more than good, but they can be at times if they play that way less. And I thought all you needed to know if you watched the fourth quarter of the overtime – because I had on my Twitter feed people wanting to ship Gardner Minshew off anywhere. <laughs> and then just when they said that, he drops a couple of dimes, the game winner, they're seven and five, and there you are. This is the ultimate roller coaster ride. I'm tired, man. I am tired. <laughs> my head is spinning. And it's been like this all year. I mean, we had one of these back in Baltimore. Very similar sort of, you know, ups and downs and you don't know which way is up. It was that kind of day then, too. So I guess we should be used to this now. What I would say for the Colts is they have, more often than not, come out on top in those games. I mean, they, they lost that Cleveland game, certainly, and that was a roller coaster unto itself. We don't have to rehash that. But they have done well for themselves in these topsy-turvy types of games, and I, I think that says a lot about the character of this team you just mentioned, like, are they good, you know, or is the quarterback good? I, I actually don't know, <laughs> okay? I literally don't know if they're any good. And when I say good, I mean, like, among the better teams in the NFL, right? Sure, yeah. That's a debatable statement. It, it's, it's imminently debatable. But they step up when they have to, 
and they got a lot of fortitude, man. This team has, has mental toughness. You, there are a lot of talented teams that will not be in the playoffs this year, okay? And there are more talented teams than the Colts, I, I imagine, that will not be in the playoffs. The difference is these guys got toughness and mental fortitude, and that can take you a long damn way. And so can a schedule that's conducive of you winning. I flipped the switch, yeah. Stephen. I flipped the switch. I'm now not about, well, December, you can keep it interesting and keep the conversation going. I'm about, you're in position right now, given what you have done and given what's ahead of you to get to the postseason. I flipped that switch. How about you? Yeah, they got to go get it, man. If they don't get there, I'd be disappointed at this point. I would too. I think they have, they've done enough. Look, expectations can change. And, and if you raise the bar, then good for you. That's a good thing. They have raised the bar, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't think the Colts would have it any other way. So let's see what happens. Show me. Show me something, right? I mean, Shane Steichen, go win Coach of the Year, man. You know, whatever. I, I don't care. I will say this. You mentioned Garner Minshew at the beginning of this segment, and I've been like you. I mean, I've gotten those same messages. I have posted some of those messages myself <laughs> okay like he's exhausting man okay I'm, I will admit I'll yeah. say this though this is the this is the the unmitigated truth though that guy doesn't falter he has made in each of these crazy wins he has made a play or plays plural at the end of those games that the other quarterback did not make and I'm talking about even in Baltimore, there's a couple of throws in that game that he makes. I mean, look, they overcame some Gardner Minshew madness as well. I get it. But, but he did what he had to do in clutch time. Uh, same in, in Germany against the Patriots. That was a god-awful offensive performance. But they're backed up third down and, and a gazillion yards in their own territory, and they got to get a first down. And he somehow breaks away from a sack and he hits Josh Downs for 30 yards. I still don't know how he did it. And then yesterday, I mean, he did it time and time again uh, down the stretch to his credit. And he, he did not play well throughout that game, he, not, not from wire to wire. There's no question about it. But if you're going to have a backup quarterback, you are going to deal with the ups and downs. That is baked into the cake. Deal with it, accept it, and just own it as a fan. What you want is a guy who can say, all right, I'm going to shake it off, and now I'm going to go make a play. And, and he did that multiple times yesterday. Last thing I would say, it was his best game, Minshew, and th- for this reason, not because of the yards or anything. Uh, it, it's a combination of the production and also not turning it over. Yeah. Right? He did. Yeah, he not had, screwing it up. Yeah, not yeah. screwing it up. Yeah. Yeah. When he got yeah. aggressive earlier in the season, he screwed it up. This time he didn't, for the most part. (laughs) Hey, Stephen Older's with us. I'll add to this, too. I have a term that I have not coined called Shane Shoe, because most oftentimes when there's a mistake made, it's because Shane Shoe, in this case Shane Steichen, puts Gardner Minshew in a spot Mm -hmm. that leaves him vulnerable, uncomfortable, and mistake-ridden. That's Shane Shoe. And it can work both ways. It can work both ways, as it did late in that overtime. 
and, and led to a win, or as it almost cost them at the end of regulation when they had him throwing basically in the shadow of his own end zone, and I think all Colts fans about died. So, yeah, it can work both ways. <laughs> Shane Shu. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think you're onto something there. Uh, can you patent a word? How does that work? Do you call Webster's? Uh, <laughs> yeah. or, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, the yeah. point is, I agree with you, and, and I think you are onto something. And so how do we feel about that? Here, here's my thoughts. I think at this point, you got to go down swinging. You know, like I get it. Now, you can't go too crazy with it. You can't go too crazy because Minshew will get you in trouble. I get it. And I agree. But I would rather them take a shot. Like yesterday, go win the game. Don't try to, you know, limp to the finish line. They went and won the game. I mean, they do have, they have enough talent to do it. it. It's just a matter of whether the, the quarterback can kind of bring it all together, right? And, I mean, just think about it. Just think if they can get – if they could get Alec Pierce involved down the stretch, if they could get you know, the big plays back into their offense, I mean, that can hold you over until Taylor gets back. And, you know, we'll see if Zach Moss can get it going. Maybe he can. I mean, I think that's very possible. But if that doesn't happen, you're going to need some big plays. And the running game – Yesterday, the Titans were not going to let them run it. There's no doubt about it. Now, I don't know how the rest of these teams are going to play them, but the quarterback had to make plays in that game where they would not have won. So, I mean, Shane can try to protect the quarterback, and he can try to kind of, you know, work some kind of magic potion where he doesn't put the quarterback in jeopardy. And then sometimes it will work. But then there are games like yesterday when you have to say, all right, you've got to step up. And you got to go make the play. You're the quarterback. The ball is in your hand. And he did that, and, and Minshew got him there. Yeah, yeah. That end of regulation, it's scary. though. It's scary. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I, I just think I, I think that that he knows, he being Shane Steichen, knows and just mm-hmm. does it anyway because either A, as you mentioned, he doesn't feel he has an alternative, or as I have said before, I think sometimes he believes he's – outsmarting the room a little bit. And I think both of those paths can lead you at a bit of a crossroads to whether you flip a coin. And if it's a good play, then you know maybe you end up winning. But if it's Mm -hmm. putting him in a bad spot, mistakes made, that can cost you. And, Stephen, we've lived in both worlds a -hmm. couple of different times so far this year. That's true, yeah. I I think there is something to the idea that Shane Steichen gets a little bit cute at times, you know, with what you're talking about, you know, it's he's the smartest guy type of deal that, that there's some truth to that. I would, I would say more often than not, I think those situations, it really is a matter of his aggressiveness, just getting the best of him. He is aggressive by nature. Okay. I go back to when he got hired and, you know, we asked him about like his offensive philosophy and, you know, he, he, this is the home of run the damn ball. Right. So, you know, we were asking him, like, hey, you know, these guys like to play, you know, you know physical football. You know, is that your thing? And he was like, well, we're going to we're gonna what, throw the score and run the win. And I, don't, I didn't know what that meant, but I think what it meant in retrospect was <laughs> we're going to throw the ball as much as possible and then we're going to ice it with the run game. Now, that has changed, clearly, because things evolve, but it shows you what his mentality is, right? And, and I firmly believe – in his heart of hearts, in a perfect world, he wants to throw the ball all over the play, all over the yard. You know, so 
I don't know. I, I think he's had to rein himself in at times, given the quarterback situation and other situations around the team. Stephen Holder joins us. There may be nothing to this whatsoever. And certainly, you can't go back. It is what they say, water under the bridge now. And we'll find the timetable because obviously yesterday you would have loved to have had the services really of any kind of Jonathan Taylor. Um, Before he set off to Southern California and got his thumb reattached or whatever they end up doing, was was there um, anybody over there that maybe felt from what you had heard, from what anybody was talking about, that they kind of had wished that he had wrapped it up and played? And I, I know that we're talking about ball security implications here as well. But was there any common theme to maybe some wished he would have done that given this point of the season? Or was everybody on board ultimately with the procedure that he had? Yeah, I, I didn't get that sense from anyone. I, I do okay. think that, that, they, that they were worried about the ball security. It's his right hand, which obviously is a, a big yeah. variable here. Um, you can use both hands, and, and running backs do, but that's your dominant hand. Obviously, you're naturally going to, to generally have the ball in that right hand. And, and, and if it was another finger, here's, here's what I do think is true. If it was a different finger other than the thumb, it might have been a conversation. Right. I think the problem is the thumb has just too much to do with, with controlling the football. And, yeah, and, and, and then particularly if you have to wrap it then it gets bulkier and you don't have the grip. And so, yeah, I, I think that is, you open yourself up to problems. And then you do have Zach Moss. I, I'm not saying that was why they did it, but I mean, that is something to at least consider as well. So, you know, maybe, maybe you don't risk it. And if you think you can get him back, you know, for the playoffs, if you make it, then, then maybe it's the right play anyway. Stephen Holder of ESPN, ESPN.com. Colts over the Titans in overtime yesterday. Final was 31-28. He's joining us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Somebody had mentioned this earlier, and I want to make sure I'm not leaving anything out. I had said, you know what, you really can't count on on anything with this group. I mean, sometimes this shows up and plays well. Other times it doesn't. And, you know, kind of more of the same. Both sides of the football here. Um, and then and Nick had mentioned, hey, the offensive line has shown up this year. And I will mention Tony Sperano Jr. has had yeah. much, to me, a greater impression with this group than what we witnessed um, with Chris Strasser this time a year ago, certainly. And then he had mentioned the defensive line and getting after the quarterback. As of late, that has been the case. But what has been the most consistent, high-value position, position group that has maintained – this season, win or loss in your estimation for this team? I, I think it's between the, the offensive line and defensive line, but I'm going to give the edge to the offensive line. And the reason for that is the, the struggles uh, against the run without Grover Stewart, I, that was a little bit concerning for me. And, and I get it. They're missing their best run defender on the defensive line. So I, I understand, but it is what it is. I mean, the offensive line has had guys missing too, right? I mean, Ryan Kelly's missed, what, three, four games? Braden Smith has been in and out of the lineup. Um, I believe only Quentin Nelson and Will Fries have started every game. Two out of five guys. You know, so you're talking about three starters that have missed not just one game, but multiple games. 
all of them, all three of the other starters. So that's that's pretty um, that's a pretty big obstacle to have to get around um, as as an offensive line, and we have seen what the effects of that can be. So they've overcome that, and and I think despite some of the sacks Gardner Minshew has taken over the course of the season, I put that more on the quarterback than the offensive line. I think he's had. I, I think they have given him adequate time to throw the ball and done a pretty good job. And, and they've done it without, you know, really a, a mobile quarterback for generally the whole season other than a couple of games. So I, I'll, int- I'll give you an interesting tidbit. So I found Matt Ryan yesterday at the game. You know, he was doing the commentary. And we had a very interesting conversation. And one of the things that – I won't reveal all of it, but I mean <laughs> – because it's the first time he's ever been honest about anything. But <laughs> the one thing I would say that I could share is that, you know, we talked about the offensive line and he, he had a, he get, he went out there on the field. He gave Quentin a big hug and all those guys. I mean, it was great to see him interact with the guys. You could see like they really respect him and he's tight with that offensive line. Those guys really love Matt Ryan. You could tell, but anyhow, what he said to me or what we were talking about is I said, you know, this offensive line, I mean, it's a, it's a whole different performance this year. And I said, it's the same guys. And he just gave me this smirk and he looked at me and said, isn't that interesting? <laughs> and so it was his way of saying, you know, like they had it in them, but you know, he, he really attributed it to, to the coaching this year being vastly improved on that offensive line. And it has made a big difference. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Tony Sperano jr. Learned well at the, at the, the feet of his father. There's no doubt about it. So Stephen Holder, who joins us, Michael Pittman Jr. is coming on with me tomorrow. Um, he has been really good this year. Uh, what type of extension is he earning? And is there any way, shape, or form that the Colts would look elsewhere on this? I can't imagine. He just is a type of – like Gorman said yesterday on the Colts pregame huddle, he's a dog. And he yeah. is. He is. He's a dog. He plays through stuff. Um, he plays through pain and injuries. He just, to me, is what you want. And compound that question with how much of an effect has Reggie Wayne had on him, individually in particular? Okay, so the first question, you know, in terms of the contract, look, let's start with this. This is all you have to do. You have to ask yourself, okay, if they were to let Michael Pittman walk, I'm not suggesting that's going to happen. I think it would be the dumbest thing that Chris Bowder has ever done because you finally got something at that position. Okay. Finally, you got something going at that position and to let him walk out the door. I mean, you'd have to be a complete idiot. I'm just going to be blunt. And I don't think Chris Ballard's an idiot. So I think he's going to get it done. Now, whether they franchise him, whether they can work something out, you know, that's a different matter. And it's going to get difficult because this is going to be a big contract, people. There's no way around it. Like, you can, you can sit there and second-guess it and, and quibble. Away. Deal with it. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of money, man. Like, like a massive amount of money. And, and I, that, your definition of that may differ than mine, you know, person to person. But he's going to get uh, upper echelon wide receiver money. I'm not saying Tyreek Hill money. But it's going to be one of the more expensive guys. I, look, when you're, the, when you're the last guy to sign, you get one of the best deals out there, and particularly if he makes it to free agency. Because a lot of the, 
I know I've heard a lot about the upcoming wide receiver class. The truth is, we know this. Every year we do this. We talk about this class is going to be amazing. Half of those guys ain't going to get to the market. It ain't happening. And, and frankly, Michael Pittman might not either. But the bottom line is, if he does, or even if he doesn't, it's going to be a massive amount of money. All of the other drafted players the Colts have brought along, you know, they're, they're elite players on their team who they have brought along to second contracts. They have all gotten, all of them, they have gotten top-of-market contracts, period. And, I mean, Shaq Leonard, um, Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> right? I mean, it, when, when no one said it could be done, you know, he, he even got uh, a, a top-of-market deal in this particular um, environment So at, for running back. So there's a track record there, and I know it was hard for Pittman, excuse me, for Taylor, but but eventually it did happen. So I would be stunned. I would be very, very stunned if it did not happen. Um, I do agree. Like, he, he just has something about him. He's not a burner. Uh, he's not going to go run past the whole defense. Um, he, he's not going to make some freakish, you know, play that, that's going to lead sports center. That's not what he does. But, but when you need a play, who are they going to? 99% of the time, they're going to Pittman, okay? And, and here's the thing. What makes you, what makes you a, a tough cover? When the defense knows you're getting the ball, they throw you the ball, and you still make a play. So I got no issue with Pittman. Uh, I think, frankly, I want, I want 53 Pittmans on my team. That's how I see it. What's uh What's Reggie Wayne done for him in particular? And when we talk about the the emergence, the emergence of of Alec Pierce yesterday is a product of the ball finally getting to him more than anything else. I want you to play yeah. off of both of those subjects here. Yeah, listen, look, and good timing. Look, my latest story that posted today. I want everybody to read it if you haven't had a chance. Not because it's like I think I wrote some great story. No, because it's about Reggie Wayne, and and it's about the the decision process that he went through to come back this year. I don't think he was a hundred percent there. You know, last year was his first year coaching. It was a complete disaster, utter disaster. And if I'm him, I got the option to go hang out at the beach for the rest of my life or come do this. Reggie, Reggie's so funny. Like he gets, we go out to practice some days and he's like, you know, it's dark when I get here and it's dark when I leave. And I'm like, <laughs> and Reggie is a guy who likes to have a good time. You know, I ran into him at the cigar bar down in Nashville the other night, you know, like that's Reggie, you know, like that's what he does. And uh, to see him commit himself to this has been really fun. It's just, I've enjoyed it. You know, I've, I've been watching Reggie ever since our Miami days. And, you know, and, and I, I saw, I saw Chuck Pagano and his wife, at the game last week and they revealed to me that they had been on Reggie's case. Like, man, you need to be a coach like years ago, right after he retired, he sat in their living room from what Tina Pagano was telling me. And they were like, Reggie, like you have a lot to give. You should be a coach. And he's like, nah, coach, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So it's been a real metamorphosis to see him evolve from a guy who was like, I don't know about that to now being hungry and wanting more responsibility and, and pouring into these young receivers. You know, Alec Pierce, 
that guy's perspective is a direct reflection of Reggie Wayne. He was telling me yesterday about how, you know, Reggie imparted on him how he never got the ball when he was in his, you know, first, second, third year because Marvin got all the balls. <laughs> it said, I looked it up. I mean, Marvin had 205 targets in what, 2002, I believe. I mean, it's insane. That is insane. 205 targets. You know, Reggie's like, I was getting three or four targets a game. And Reggie Wayne was a far more advanced receiver than, than Alec Pierce is at this point. And even he couldn't get the ball. So it has given Alec Pierce a real perspective like, okay, I'm in good company here, and it's going to come, and i got to be patient. And he really has been. And Shane Sykin gave Alec Pierce credit today for just he shows up, he works, he never says boo. And, and that's what you want, man. That's, that's a great quality, and, and Reggie Wayne has a lot to do with that. Could uh, yesterday have gone any better, considering the circumstances? I mean, obviously the win in overtime, the sweep, you're seven and five, and then everything that's going on around you uh, with the losses, with Kenny yeah. Pickett now going down, which doesn't look like he's going to be available week after next on that Saturday when they're here. Broncos losing to the Texans because you you still you know if you get the te- Texans back down to you, you could do something with them with the remainder right. of the schedule. Has it all worked out for the Colts yesterday? It's extremely favorable. There's no doubt about it. I mean, sometimes you, you don't get any breaks, and then sometimes you get a lot of breaks. And, and they really have, from, as you said, just the lineup of quarterbacks. I mean, they've, they've faced numerous backup quarterbacks as it is, and then they're getting one next week, uh, probably the next two weeks, right? So there's no doubt about it. And then the, the other results around the league as well. So when you get those kind of breaks – that's, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You have to go take advantage. And that's why I say the math has changed. Um, this isn't just like, you know, for, for kicks. This isn't for kicks now. Like, go show something. You know, it, it, everything you do now is a building block for next year. So you can add some real building blocks here. If you go out there and you, you talk about establishing a culture, Go win down the stretch. That will establish a hell of a culture. So, um, look, I mean, I, they've made this interesting, but it's, it's about more than that at this point. This ain't about making it interesting. This is about let's see how far you can go with it. Show us something. Juju Brents come back next week, you think, after missing, what, five weeks, I think it is now, the rookie? I, I'm, I'm done projecting this kid. I, <laughs> not, he hasn't done anything wrong. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know what that deal is. And I have not had anyone really shed any real light on it. Uh, Juju told me like a couple of weeks ago, he thought he was really close. And so I thought maybe this was the week, but no. Uh, so I don't know. I don't, I don't have a lot of intel on that. It's been a weird situation there. I will say uh, for in defense of the other guys, I mean, guys like Dallas Baker, um, I'm sorry, not Dallas Baker, excuse me. Um, Daryl Baker yeah. has have stepped up. I mean, look, you know, this was a real problem like a month ago. You know, that, that cornerback situation was like a massive problem. And I got to say, I mean, you know, look, there were a couple issues. Certainly uh, the, the rookie Jalen had some issues against um, Hopkins yesterday. Look, that wasn't pretty. I get it. But, but there have been some they, – they at least have stabilized that a little bit more. Um, 
and that's been a that's been a good sign. But it would they really could use Juju Brents. Um, and when he gets back, though, I, I I wonder if it may take him a week or two to really get back to to where he needs to be, though. Hey, really quick here too, Braden Smith. Any news? Any word regarding no, that? No up, no update yet. Let's see how the week goes there. But it's been a been a tough season for him. You know, he's been in and out a lot. Yeah. But uh, look, Freeland, it, it may pay off that he got that experience early in the season. You know, I I wondered whether. I wondered about the wisdom of putting putting that guy out there as a swing tackle, you know, as a late round rookie or a mid round pick as a rookie, um, you know, and, and he learned some hard lessons, you know, against guys like <laughs> Miles Garrett. It, it was not pretty all the time, but but those snaps, they're an investment, you know. So that hopefully they help him down the stretch if he has to play. Stephen Olders got uh, a new article out there, too. We just talked about and a whole lot more for you. ESPN, ESPN.com, and uh, the Colts riding a win streak. And right now, locked down the seven hole as it stands at this moment in the AFC playoff picture and uh, going to Cincinnati. We'll see what the Bengals do tonight against the Jaguars and Bengals host the Colts coming up next Sunday. Stephen Holder on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Line. I always appreciate you, man, on a Monday. We'll do it again next week. Enjoy the week. All right, brother. I'll see you soon. Hey, fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy it floors to your home. Right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot, that's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations. Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who.